1: Celtic Down Under podcast. Based off that intro, you clearly know that the nine is in the bag. I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined by John. How are you, John?
0: I'm very well. That was class. Wasn't that good?
1: I thought I'll just give it a burr, see how that goes. So I hope it actually sounds all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it sounded good on my end. No,
1: no it's all good. Yeah, so... um, yeah, it's been a uh, interesting couple of weeks since our last podcast. We've got a Very few nice. topics to uh, talk about, um, but yeah, just from the Salty Down Under team, I just want to start off with saying to everyone who's listened to us, because this is our first season now completed that we've run the podcast, so thanks to everyone that's listened to it, subscribed, downloaded, left us any feedback, joined our Facebook or our Um, page or group, uh, Twitter and Instagram, I just appreciate all of that, so thanks for the support guys.
0: Yep, thanks very much, keep it up.
1: Um, What we're looking at doing is growing, going into the 10 in a row season, so um, watch this space, there's some exciting things coming up, so we'll let you all know once there's more info available, so what we'll do John is we'll start off with a couple of the topics that we di- that we discussed last week or one of the topics on the last podcast and yeah. about league reconstruction. We're talking yeah. about that. Um it got voted against by the clubs. That's Indeed. no no big shock there. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, yeah, disappointed to be honest. I did think it was um I did thought it was something really worth exploring to be honest. Um but yeah, I think from just reading what um the the you know the clubs have said and stuff and they they wanted to focus on what's at hand and um you know finishing the league during you know getting through this particularly tough period um yeah i think i, I think it's probably a, a mature decision um but what i just what I, what i hoped was that maybe they could have made the vote after or something like that so they could have voted on what's going to happen to the league now and then what's going to happen to the league next year instead of like squeezing them through you know that just takes organisation doesn't it like you, any club someone puts a proposal through or someone has an agenda and you say okay we've all agreed to vote on that so when are we going to schedule that into vote and I don't understand why they if they all felt because everyone voted you know it was majority against so if those people that voted against it if they felt that they actually had to focus on what's going to happen with the league this season, then they should have organized it for after. And, and now I, I, what I'm reading as well. Now the only place I could read this was the BBC. So I'm, I'm not sure how confirmed it actually is, but apparently it's been retabled. That's what um, the BBC was saying. that And Budge is, um you know, heading this task force, whatever you want to call it, to put it again to the, to the um, organization's, so we'll see what happens. It might come back, and they might vote to re-reconstruct um, the leagues. I
1: don't know. Yeah, I heard it was a bit of a uh, bit of a cluster. You know what with the, what happened? Yeah, um, cluster something. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, we had um, apparently there was you had all the teams in League One and Two were going to vote as a block. Yeah, no and they all happened, agreed, right? And they all agreed. Then you had the Championship teams. That had to vote at a certain percentage, and you had the teams at the in the SPFL that had to vote had to be at eleven to one basically yep. was what they needed. So I think it was that, or it was seventy-five percent. It was one or the other because there was a couple of votes that were happening, but because there were different
0: formats, wasn't yeah. there? there was different formats of what they were um, proposing, and yeah. e- each format had its own. You know, you have to um, win by that majority.
1: And then on top of that, you had there was about six different. Um, things that were put forward by different clubs and yeah like the the consensus was they were talking about trying to go for a you know, 14, 14 and 16 or something like that league that was one of them yeah that was the one that everyone was excited about because it would have brought in a couple of clubs from their from the highland leagues and, and another league so it would have
0: yeah, an extra, Lowland they, league.
1: the league Lowland league would have brought a couple of extra clubs in so that that would have been uh interesting but the issue, like whole oh, and budge one you're talking about, like what I've heard is that they talk, they were saying oh we should go fourteen, 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 but then they only put it as a proposal in the meeting when they were actually voting, not putting it forward as an actual thing to be voted on. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that- what that's what I mean. Like, why do not why didn't you organise
0: yourself and schedule it when, once you've got all your your shit together? You know what the, I
1: mean? She's the one who's hosting the whole thing, running the whole reconstruction task force, and it's her club putting something together that they didn't table it properly. So basically what I'm reading, and it was reported on a few of the red tops that no one, no one really openly admits that they read, but when they pop up on your timeline or you see them shared on about six or seven different Facebook groups, eventually yeah. you, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to go have a look here. But apparently it looks like We've we've been given the not given we've actually been confirmed as a champion of the nine and they've been hearts have been told they're going to be relegated, and suddenly now she's been able to represent the chance to table it properly to go to 14-14-14.
0: Yeah, I find that a bit I, I, right. I do. I don't think the SBFL is a particularly well organized association. I don't. <laughs> this this absolutely screams poor organization i don't think you know all these stupid accusations of you know mismanagement or misconduct or you know it's just um bullying (laughs) Bullying. but whatever (laughs) um i just think this is this is an example of like it's been a it's, it's been a stressful period everyone's been under a lot of pressure people have lots of different ideas and people are just trying to push stuff through and squeeze them in and get them both and stuff so i think it just takes a little bit of calm a little bit of organisation in a really stressful, fast-paced period to try and work out what's going on, and then we can, and then you know the clubs can, can vote on something solid. And apparently it's a temporary reconstruction, which I would, I would actually argue is more detrimental than a permanent one. You probably want look. This is not this is a, a really strange time, but it's a but it's it's an excuse to change Scottish football, which has been needed for such a long time anyway like i don't know about you but i'm a big fan of like um changing it to the for summer football instead of winter football do you know what i mean so like playing it um you know through the through the summer months instead of having like a winter break and all that stuff so like all of this stuff needs to be done properly and organized well instead of like absolute panicking which is clearly what hearts and Ann budge is doing because they want to they just don't. They don't want to get relegated, basically, which is, which is bullshit because they've been absolutely shy all bloody season. What was their What was their points per game average that eventually worked out on? It was like zero point seven, and and um, Aki's is 0.9. So there you go. So they were, you know, even when it worked out mathematically, they were always going to get relegated no
1: matter what. It's their own fault. They um, you know, spent they got one of the probably top five budgets in the league and they completely spent it on rubbish. So at the end yeah. of the day, that's they've made their bed, they got to lay in it. But you, you're saying you don't really agree with the temporary thing. I'm actually on the other camp where I actually think it's a good thing because what you got guys like Dave Cormack up at um, Aberdeen, for instance, who's saying, no, we're not going to vote for it and if it's permanent because the TV deals are around 12 If it's suddenly 14 teams, you get less money from the league because the TV money is locked in. So if they're saying, "Okay, we'll do it as a as a temporary one for one year or two years," then you can get, you can they can prop that money up to all the clubs off, you know, league sponsorships or kit sponsorships from the national team or whatever. They can work it out somehow that way. That way, everyone still gets the same amount of money, and if it works then when the new TV deal is ready to be renegotiated because there's apparently an out clause a couple of years in that they can renegotiate, then you can fix that that issue there. So looking at the bigger picture, it could be a possibility, but at the same time, I can understand the self-interest from a lot of clubs there because their budgets are that tight and that well, every cent, every penny is allocated that at the end of the day, I can understand why... Some teams were, you know, the self-interest that came with it.
0: I get that. I it's it's for me. I mean, maybe maybe I've got um privilege being a Celtic fan, right? Because we've you know we're just rolling in money at the moment. But like, if for me, it's not just about the financial aspect of clubs. It's about like the longevity of Scottish football and. When we're talking about sponsorship and we're talking about TV broadcasting deals and stuff like that, it would make more sense if the quality of Scottish football was better by bringing up champion, uh, championship sides, which are actually good enough quality to play in the top flight football. So if you actually make the top flight football more entertaining by getting rid of the bottom tier, which probably get, what, 500 people at a game. So it's not really like making much of an impact if we just got rid of that league and merged all of them together. You would actually make, you know... I'm not saying it would have like a like a worldwide global impact by bringing up two other teams into the top flight Scottish football, but it would definitely make, you know, games more interesting than just who Celtic or Rangers playing you know that week, this weekend do you
1: know what I mean I get exactly what you're saying and I agree with that because why does Scotland need to have four leagues of 10 that's what
0: like, I mean I don't, I don't really get that four leagues of,
1: of 12 or whatever it is it doesn't make sense like you look at Holland they've got a full time top division of like it, 14 teams or something like that or 16 teams then their second division they're not all full time half the clubs there are full time half are part time there you go. And look at what they do. They, they get they get they get more TV money than more Scottish TV money, does. more more attendances there, and the competitiveness of those teams in the in the cup games is a better standard. Yes. So looking at the big picture over a five year window, instead of looking just over the next two years, yes, it's going to be best for Scottish football. But my thoughts on this whole vote situation. End with one simple sentence. It's always amateur hour at Hamden. Yeah. Nothing surprises me at all. No, I mean, I, look, I, I know, at no at
0: a point during watching Scottish football, am I ever going to say, oh, I, I, the SBFL they, they, they've actually got their you know shit in order and they you know they're doing really good. No, they're absolutely terrible. But I don't think I don't think they've been doing. In in this circumstances, I don't think they've been doing particularly bad,
1: personally. I think there's a lot worse that could have been done and could have happened here. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. But every Stoke fan's going to say that right now. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? no, no one's going to be complaining too much about what the SPFL has been doing. Let's just fact.
1: Let's just put ourselves in the shoes of say, if we we're a St Mirren fan, for instance, oh, or yeah, if you're yeah. a Hamilton fan, or you're someone down the bottom end of the league, this is going to have a big impact on your club so
0: yeah it's, it a is. Big, it's
1: a bigger deal for them than it is for us exactly
0: because we're champions we just win stuff we don't really we don't really care about how it's run just present us with the opportunity to win and we're going to win
1: it's fine give, give us all the trophies yeah I don't want to sound like because we uh, dominate <laughs> <laughs> dominate I remember, I remember there was this bloke Alvaro for Cobra, playing for I think it was at Uruguayan against the Socceroos back in the day and he said it's our divine right to qualify for the World Cup. And Australia so shouldn't be there. And I don't want to come across like I'm saying it's a divine right, but you yeah, know it is. no i got that. God loves the hoops.
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it.
1: <laughs> Alright, moving along to another topic that I found absolutely amusing. The Rangers dossier. Oh my god.
0: Oh, my God. This was absolutely brilliant. I swear to God, this is the most entertaining thing I've ever happened <laughs> the outside of actually fo- watching football. I love this. This is great. This this dossier that's going to, you know, shake the foundations of Scottish football and, and show it up for what it is. And it was, I swear to God, just like scribbles of crayon with a, from a toddler.
1: It was, we're all, it's all being made out, oh, it's going to be some groundbreaking info and people are going to be sacked and all this. And at the end of the day, it took them 28 days to put together a, a what is it, 200-page dossier full of, you know, rumors and innuendo at the end of the oh, day. It really was really, exactly what it was. Absolute rubbish. I kind of got the, the hot tip on that, on a, um, talking to a, a guy that I was going to do a podcast with, but the uh, sound recording didn't work, but... Got some good agent in the know info on that, and sure enough, it came to fruition like a couple of hours later, and I was just like, "Wow, unbelievable!"
0: It it really was completely embarrassing. Now, like, I mean, so we had what? So we had um, well, who was it? Callie Thistle. We were we trying to substantiate some of the claims that Rangers had had said with the bullying and stuff, right? Where's their bloody dossier? If if they if they felt like they were getting bullied, it's it's their responsibility as a member of an association to present that, you know, case. If someone if someone's saying, Oh, you know, we're getting bullied, we're getting pushed around and yeah, I agree. Well fuck's sake, just put your information together and do it properly. And I, I don't know I don't, I don't know if you um you saw this on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff, but there was heaps of Rangers fans saying how is how is the SBFL brought out um, or the SFA brought out a statement a few hours after Rangers have released the dossier because it's over 200 page, pages? That's that's really embarrassing. That that these are professional lawyers and you know association like board members and they don't think <laughs> that they could read 200 pages in a few hours.
1: Honestly, it, it's, <laughs> or, pretty or, or, simple, it's pretty yeah. simple to me because this is. The crux of what I found the funniest thing in the whole thing is you've got clubs like Rangers and a few other clubs in their dossier that they're saying, oh, we've been bullied. We've been bullied by members of the SPFL. Now, the SPFL board is made up of member clubs. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, these people are saying that they're being bullied by SPFL people. No, there's an absolute shitload of conversations going on behind the scenes between... Club chairman and club chairman when everyone's trying to do what's best for their club. Just because there's a club chairman who happens to be on the board of the SPFL doesn't mean just because you're talking to him, you're talking to an SPFL board member. No, you're talking to the chairman of that club or you're talking to the chairman of that club. It's the whole... All the rumors and innuendo and the people that they're saying were bullying, they all came out with statements. They got on the radio... They're on the BBC. They are on a bunch of different podcasts, and they're talking. It's like, no, when I had the conversation with this person, I was talking as the chairman of my club. Yeah. I wasn't talking in my role as on the SPFL board. You've got to have that separation of powers, and that's what they were doing. Yet people suddenly thought, oh, they're on the board, so I can claim bullying. But then, if but the the, the way the
0: SPFL is set up. Right. Is if they think Neil Doncaster has gone round and bullied smaller clubs into um, which is which is absolute rubbish anyway, because that's the point of that's that's Neil, that's Neil Doncaster's job is to present. All of and str- and strongly, if he thinks this is the best situation for Scottish football in the SBFL, then he's going to present these it, as in this is the best option. Here's all of the pros. Any other option? Here's all the cons. Right. But if any any club right thinks that he's acted inappropriately or clubs acted inappropriately to each other and stuff, that's why this. That's why the SBFL has a chairman. That that McLennan man. You know, a pussy first, Murdoch? Murdoch? Oh, no yeah murder yeah um that's his job like his, his job is to be impartial and to oversee stuff like like he has no interaction in the voting procedures or changing policies or anything like that he's just there to uphold the laws of scotch football and stuff it's, it, it was it was never ever gonna go anywhere i actually um i had to write this down and i've written it down and i've put it in bold right so the Forbes um, magazine came out and wrote, did you see this? Yeah, so I'm
1: laughing. Oh, mate. No, continue this, this for is, the listeners, though, because yeah, it was this absolutely gold.
0: This is the best description I have ever read of re- the, the Rangers football club. So in the 1970s, a journalist called Ian Archer described them as a permanent embarrassment and
1: occasional disgrace. And that is it, isn't it? That's all they are. I read that and I'm just like, boom, mic Bang. drop. The mic yeah. was dropped before a mic was even able to be dropped. Love it. <laughs> that is, do you know, we need to get we need to get T-shirts,
0: I need to get banners, I need scarves, just with that, just, just sort of <laughs> embroidery. We,
1: we should do a Celtic down under online store and just print <laughs> up all this stuff and just sell it. We'll, I'm thinking uh, mugs, uh, I'm thinking coasters, <laughs> baseball hats. Pope hats with it printed on it, you know, <laughs> everything. <laughs> we'll do it a lot we'll get a hoopy the hound we'll get that you know just with we'll an do inflata- inflatable spar bass with a printer on the outside The <laughs> yeah. celtic superstar style that's it that's uh, it best ever did you see did you see on um facebook there was that celtic fan that
0: took a, a nine in a row flag into castle Skulls <laughs> on ran on the pitch did you see it
1: I, I sure did see it. I watched oh. it, and I'm like, what the... And then I tweaked what it was the, on the flag, and then I twigged what... it what, And it wasn't until I saw the word Sandy Jardine, I'm like, oh, God. It's <laughs> ja- we... Tw- Twitter it was is going to go into meltdown over this. <laughs> and sure enough, there's all sorts of threats coming out of Castle Grayskull, the Dome way about... Oh, now we've got to go and blow up the walls of their stadium and all this sort of stuff that I saw in there—it was unbelievable. But like a bit of fun, to be fair.
0: Now it's he's probably going. Yeah, a bit, a bit of ban, right? He, he didn't do any, didn't do any damage. He didn't. Like, he was probably trespassing, but he'll probably get a big slap on the wrist and probably be banned. But you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, probably want to run away from the smell anyway. But I mean, and that, that's such an exact—that's like such an immature response. And the opposite like, look, get me, don't get me wrong right seeing like 50 to 100 years when Rangers win a league they, they're more than welcome to come into Celtics pitch and wave one of their like one in a row
1: flags you know it's fine I'm up for that which which version of Rangers though It's the third version's coming yeah. soon so 50 yeah, years <laughs> yeah. time will probably be at about version 8 or 9 I reckon something like that yeah Yeah. yeah. There's, there's zombies 2.0 <laughs> uh, what's that no, oh, don't worry Oscar. <laughs> nah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be um, yeah, guys, gonna say the Walking Dead. That's that's who they are. Yeah, the
0: yeah, they certainly are the Walking Dead.
1: Uh, nah, it's gonna be um, gonna be interesting to see what what happens with the, off the back of that. I think it's gonna uh, the tensions between the supporters have already been up a little bit, and then with the whole, you know, COVID nineteen. And then people being locked up, and then them talking about asterixes, and then you get the old oh, um, I know the old SPFL chairman who's a Celtic fan, Mitchell coming out saying, "Well, if you're talking about asterixes, all five of yours are asterixes, then in my opinion." I, and you got this place to just, run this show, and uh, it's just gonna get nasty over the next twelve months until the 10's complete.
0: I know it really is. It, actually, ne- ne- talk like I know. Um, look, Scottish can get really. Dark and nasty and stuff. I I do expect um, a lot of trouble next year because I mean it's like, like I said last week. It's it's their entire identity just imploding if we win ten. So they'll they'll do some not just not just the players, but a, a very small minority of of both set of fans to be honest. It needs to be you know calmed down. I reckon, and I don't think it helps that there's not there's not actually football to distract us. A lot of it's pretty much just like school ground you know um handbags really isn't it it's just you said this we said that it's because there's nothing else to, to there's nothing else to focus on at the moment
1: there's nothing to do everyone's locked up in their house and then they're out for the hour of exercise or whatever and that's about it like everyone's that locked up and in a weird spot mentally i'm just being honest it's been tough for us here i can only imagine what it's like over there but exactly look, looking at it you'd be like well Everyone's become a keyboard warrior. Everyone's devolving back into the old, you know, primary school sports, oh, sure. like, bully sort of shit, which is what they'll be doing. And going for the 10 next year, they're gonna, they're not going to hold back. Like, the club there sent out a tweet saying, we promised you 55 and we'll leave no stone unturned to achieve it. Stay tuned for details on how you can contribute to the fighting fund. Tell your grandchildren that when the call came, you answered. They put that up 10 seconds later, they deleted it. Yeah, because that's that's, that's that's honestly like declaring war. That's honestly like a, a call for
0: war um, propaganda,
1: isn't that's, it? That's basically them going around saying, okay, we're going to have a fighting fund. We want you to put your, put all your money in so we can go and try and buy this 55th title that they're talking about, which will actually be their first, Yeah, and stop us getting the 10. And they want to do that at the same time because... They wanted the fifty five but they don 't want us to get ten, so now they 're going to go all out the club if they don't if they don 't go bankrupt off the back of this this shutdown they 're more than likely that no matter what happens next season they 'll be done
0: well, well see see you talking about finances right <laughs> of them going bankrupt one of one of the things i've read online was absolutely articulated it and nailed it right See how they 're calling us winning eight point seven five in a row or whatever. If, the, if they honestly feel that way, then they need to hand back 25% of their winnings for coming second. Surely. Yep, exactly. Right? If, which if, they, if they couldn't they, afford to do. It, which they couldn't afford to do. So if they're going to accept second place and all of the revenue that that entails, right, but then but then feel that we didn't win it, it was handed, and we only won 75% of it, then then it's your actual, talking about sporting integrity, it's your, it's your duty to hand 25% back of your winnings. Because if you do that, then you might have a leg to stand on. But if if you don't, then you, what the hell are you on about? I, and, you know, McQuist coming out with all this absolute nonsense about Asterix. I genuinely really liked Ali McQuist when I was a kid growing up, watching him on um, Question of Sport, right? But see, as, as as a as an adult now, and watching him and listening to him, he is so far into camp blue that you know i honestly can't stand the man i honestly honestly cannot stand him i hate him on bt sport i hate him on talk sport i just turn him off now can't stand him
1: it's something they say it just like seeps in and seeps into you and then permeates your soul and then next thing you know you're a um you just say stupid daft shit all the time like like Gerard's the, going that way like for me I was, I, was uh, a great example. I was a massive fan of him as a player, and now I just see his face on TV or on a news article I'm like, oh look at this idiot again
0: but like it, see see if what they were saying was um like had some had some real substance to it, and like they had a valid point or they weren't splitting hairs or anything like that you and that when you do stuff like that and it's based on logic right it's very hard. To get annoyed at that because they make valid points. Right. But if you are coming out with absolute rubbish and you can see everyone around you just like soaking that in. But anyone with that's not, you know, got a complete agenda. And I know that sounds silly as a Celtic fan saying that we ain't got agendas, but just like even if you were impartial and you were to look at this from the outside, you could see how absolute utter nonsense what he's saying so he so McQuist actually reckons now and it, it, this is what suits him right he, he's saying that this title isn't tainted but it will always of course forever have an asterisk against it
1: so their five titles always will have asterisks on them for the and then done but, 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 but see but that's it right so obviously we've
0: always said standard. It's a complete double standard. We've always said there's going to be an asterisk against those titles, right, because you cheated. And actually, you, we all have agreed that you cheated, right? You agreed that you cheated. That's why you agreed to taking 10-point deduction so you could keep those titles, and that's what and that put you down to the bottom of the leagues,
1: right? And that also led to the of the agreement. To that. So they yeah, agreed to that's it. Exactly. They signed the paperwork when they did that agreement that agreed to that. That's exactly it.
0: So... so how does that make sense, right? That we think you deserve an asterisk against it, right? Because we think, because we know and you've agreed that you cheated to it, right? But then we have to have an asterisk when you, Rangers, have also voted and agreed to end the season on a points points per game basis, therefore Celtic win the league. It, you can't have it all. It's absolute utter nonsense. No asterisk on any of those. Or they all get asterisks, which you have agreed can't happen in this five-way agreement. So which is it? Uh, it, it? And if if I had, you know, I don't know, like the the time probably, or the or the effort, I would I would have rang up Talksport whenever time it was, four o'clock in the morning, and I would I'd have said this to McQuiz and it would have just it, it would it, it would have just destroyed what he was saying. Completely. Was it Chris Sutton's come out and said the exact same thing pretty much, but just articulated better than I can. And it's and it just, you know, because he's, you know, Celtic and McQuayster's Rangers, everyone's just going to think, oh, it's the two of them, you know, going against each other and stuff. But actually what Sutton's saying is absolutely spot on. You can't have it all your way because you've also agreed to a lot of
1: this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's... Um... And if the shoe is on the other foot, I mean, come on, let's let's be real here. But the ultimate one that I saw just before we got on, on here to chat today was, Rangers talking about, oh yeah, it's 8.75, right? But then there's this situation that I just saw, and I thought, I have to read it on the podcast, so... In 1972, Rangers played Dynamo Moscow in the Cup Winners' Cup final, which was Europe's third competition, when in the 89th minute while leading marginally at 3-2, Rangers fans invaded the pitch for the third time and to prevent a riot and for the safety of the Russian players, the ref finished the match early. Rangers were handed the cup inside the changing room, the Russians appealed the decision and Rangers agreed to play the replay, although UEFA ruled this would not happen and confirmed Rangers as champion. Rangers were then banned from European competition for two years, off the back of this. So don't ever let Rangers talk to me about attaining a title when they've cheated. Yeah. When they cheated in that situation, like
0: that's if, actually that's mad. I never knew that. That's so crazy.
1: If they're going to talk about our, us being an, you know, eight point seven five in a row, well, they need to hand back the only European trophy they've got. To be very honest, right? Honestly,
0: I kind of love. The fact that they're calling it 8.75 because I can just hear them crying from here I can hear the pain I can hear it I can taste it do you know <laughs> you can
1: taste the hand two years
0: exactly you. it's just do you know no one's seen like 10 years no one's going to be fucking going on about 8.75 or I don't know whatever <laughs> people are just going to be like yeah do you remember when Celtic won 10 in a row yes I do remember that son it was absolutely fantastic <laughs> It's, it's just the pettiness. They're just clutching at straws just now. Yep. And and, and that, will, that will help them through next season, I think, probably.
1: Because we're going to absolutely stuff them next season. It's going to help them. They're just going to control the narrative as they usually do with their patsies in the media. Yep. Keeping all these, this, um, it's us against the world, you know, build up the whole battle stations and everything. And then what's going to happen is it's just going to allow them to fleece their, their dumb fans again. And you know, <laughs> yeah. talk them into buying the Castori normal top, or if you want to spend extra, here's the actual players top that they have <laughs> for an extra fifty quid or eighty quid. I know. And or it'll, you know, or you can sign up for the um the battle fund thing that will get you on the waiting list for a season ticket and a scarf. And do all this stuff. That? And fleece, and fleece all these people and take all this money to try and stop it. And at the end of the day, they'll still go bankrupt, and they'll still have no yeah. trophies. Honestly, I
0: tell you what, I was thinking about this today. Um, I'd be really interested to see, cl- you know, clubs' finances. They, they um, what, like they release it once in December, and I think we saw, Celtics in December, and then you, they release it again after the season. Um, it'd be really interesting to see not just Celtic and Rangers, but all clubs how they've been impacted. Because I, I honestly reckon like a lot of these clubs are going to be teetering and it's, it's half of the reason why i think um all the clubs unanimously voted to end the season on a points per game basis because i think a lot of them are probably really struggling
1: and once they've once they've done that then it's like okay contracts are done tv money's paid out position money's paid out and then there's at least some money coming into the club
0: what's he talking about contracts i think it's an absolute surety that johnny hayes is away now because what has he got his 10 days before his contract expires. I think they were probably waiting for this to be confirmed before they make a decision on him. And I I haven't heard anything, to yeah, be honest. John, yeah.
1: Johnny Hayes and Craig Gordon are the two free agents. And we know Gordon yeah. will probably end up at heart, so let's be honest. He said, he said it numerous times he wants to finish off there because that's where he started.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, That might change, though, the, the fact yeah,
1: that they've no. gone down. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If they go down, well, that'll struggle. Plus... I'm going to say it, as a completely hetero male, all I have to say is he's too good looking for hearts anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, sorry, Tony. um signs handsome men, that's just, you know, it's, just, it's a good Catholic side, they're all handsome, nothing wrong with that.
1: Uh, good fun, I had to say that anyway, just to <laughs> stir it up, but yeah, so, we'll just... Um, there's so much going on at the moment. It's unbelievable. Uh,
0: would you, how did you think... Um, what are your feelings behind
1: St. Johnson finishing
0: sixth? I think they, they pipped Tibbs by like 0.01 points per game and then pushed them up to sixth. That's good for them, I think. I think that's, that's a really good result for St. Johnson finishing sixth.
1: I agree. I think... Tommy Wright has been really underrated as a manager over the years, so it's a good thing for him to finish off in the, as his time there as a top six position. Yeah, it's a strong, strong position for him to However, end. considering where they were, around was it around Christmas time they were like last or second last and really yeah. struggling and they won his massive. we went on it. us and St Johnson were the two form teams of the league after Christmas. Pretty much. Yep. And we blew out our margin to get our thirteen point margin, which has confirmed us nine in a row. That and they were on some sort of tear where they turned around. They were like four points or something behind the team above them, and they end up getting into sixth spot. Like, good on them.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleased. It's a, it's a good, you know, strong team. St. Johnson. Um, they defend very well at home. It's a tough, tough team to break down, and um, you know, and and they deserve it. I mean, hips also deserve finishing higher than i think they have but that's you know that's because hibbs has also shit season so um two of sides are not doing very well just now but i actually do you know what i i've i've met tommy Wright? i i used to work in a uh it's actually a bit of a funny story i i I used to work in um quite a fancy vip cocktail bar in the west end of glasgow right i won't mention the name i used to get you used to get um Lot, he had to get a lot of Rangers players coming in. Do you remember that? Is it Gresda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to come in a lot because he's Albanian and the chefs used to work well, Albanians and stuff as well. So he used to come in a lot and, and so did um, Barisic and stuff like that. Stephen Gerrard has also been in. Neil Lennon's also been in. Um, but anyway, right? One of the guys that comes in a lot was um, David Moyes' brother. Right, because he, he's a he's a big agent, and he used to he used to come in all the time with his wife, sit down in the same booth, you know, set him up. It was one of these, you know, regular celebrities, and then p- people in the West End of Glasgow who thought they were that caliber, so they were actually the worst. So you had, you know, <laughs> yeah, proper lawyers and doctors and stuff, and he you had regular Joes just living in a flat round the corner that thought they were dead special because they go into this VIP bar. But anyway, right. So one day. David Moyes, his brother, this agent, he's coming all the time, and Tommy Wright walk in, and I'm kind I'm a bar, and I'm like, holy Christ, there's, you know, two very famous and one slightly famous people coming in at the same time. So I was, you know, I got a little bit starstruck, and, you know, went up to the, you know, I served them, you know, put them, showed them their table, and took their order, and poured them the drinks, and, you know, hang it to them and stuff. And then I went up to the chefs, because I was quite good friends with the chefs and stuff, and, and I said, oh, brilliant isn't it that's, that's David Moyes and Tommy Wright they're just come and they're like yeah 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 because these guys didn't really care much about football and I'm like oh, that's, that's great and then I thought, I thought I said quietly I clearly didn't I said it's a shame <laughs> Moyes is a shit manager though <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I said that dead quiet but looking back on it it was quite a small venue <laughs> so every single time I came up to to serve them the like, drinks and stuff David Moyes wouldn't look at me in the face he wouldn't, he, he, wouldn't he, he wouldn't even give me eye contact but every single time Tommy Wright kept laughing and I couldn't I just couldn't, honestly didn't get it until they left and I thought oh shit he's, he's he's heard me say that he's a, he's a bad manager oh my Christ so yeah I don't think if David Moyes ever sees me again I don't think he's going to like me but Tommy Tommy Wright thinks I'm dead funny so there you go
1: uh, good fun
0: yeah that's, that's a better of a
1: story love it
0: I know that's, that's that's probably my only you know actually meeting football celebrities
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great story um, yeah so what we're saying about the whole ladder situation everything Um, and you're talking about the books and the finances and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the clubs who all everyone have to put the interims in in about March, I think it is, so they can be given the green light to be put forward for European places the following season. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Every club in Scotland in the top flight has done it, except for you know who.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I I I actually honestly think that they're were they not like twenty million in debt. Anyway, in in
1: December, There's yeah, something close to that? Yeah. Financial fair play, which we don't have in Scotland but they have in Europe, is over a three year window. So yeah, exactly. You're only allowed to write off what is it five million or something over. You can do a share a share thing that they did yeah, one the time. time one time in a three year window. So hmm? it's going to be a I, bit of an interesting one if they don't put it in. Is the SPFL act and the and that actually going to have the balls to say to him sorry you're out and um we bump everyone everyone up a position that uh, yeah that's i mean that could the happen exact same situation that happened when when they went bankrupt and went under the last time yeah. because they got a license they shouldn't have had and which, is,
0: which has been scrapped now apparently
1: yeah so it's pretty much groundhog day
0: yeah, that's that's why I mentioned it because I, I I'm generally um, really interested to see how Rangers and everybody else has done as well. To be honest, because I know they were in masses and masses of debt in December, right? Like I think they were in as much debt as we had in the bank, right? I think it was yeah. I think the record said something like that at the time, right? And then everything that's going on, and I know, I think everybody's well aware that this is this situation is going to financially impact everybody, right? like all the clubs so if 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 they were already in substantial debt in december right and they haven't won anything you know and you know i mean they might get money from europe and stuff from being in europa league but i don't know if it's gonna be that much it might be like one or two million right but i i truly i i think that's half the reason why they also voted to end the season to get some money in because they might get what uh, i don't know they might also get like a million for coming second or something but only seventy five percent of that, right? So
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. But off the back of that, you got to look at it as well, and it's uh, it's an interesting time yeah. because yeah, I'm just I don't know. It's just gonna be really confronting to see what happens because yeah, like you look at clubs like Aberdeen's chairman come out and said if the games don't start up until January, the club's gonna lose like five million pound or something like that. Yeah, but I mean uh, like. Cards have already written off, like, they're saying they've lost £3 million. So you look at it that way. So yeah. if you've got clubs losing that kind of money, and they don't even have the payroll that Rangers have, this is or it. we have, yep. we've got the cash reserves sitting there, but only three clubs in the top floor had, had the correct cover with their insurers to cover them for this. We're one of them. I wonder who the other two would be. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not them. This is, this is exactly it. I... I... I
0: actually think quite a lot of Scottish teams might go under because of this. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult period. It's why I also think it's a, it's a, it's the best opportunity to um, change it up, basically reconstruct the entire top down all the way, and just meet. like I said before, I also think you get more revenue by doing summer football, just like they do in Scandinavia and stuff. Nobody enjoys going and watching their team draw 1-1 in November when it's sleeting. Exactly. I I guarantee you if it was the summer holidays and, you know, mum and dad wanted to get out of the house with the kids because they're absolutely driving them insane and there's a cheap ticket sitting at Ross County, they're going to go and watch that instead in the sunshine, in the shorts and t-shirts, having a couple beers. Do you know what I mean? They're going to do that. They're not going to do it. No No one's making an effort unless you're an absolute die-hard fan walking through sleet and snow for an hour and a half from Glasgow to the East End. No, no one's passionately doing that. I used to, me and my cousins used to complain about it all the time. The best part of going to Celtic is being in the bloody stadium and the worst part is the walk to
1: and from. Unless you pull the team, no one's going to do it. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's pretty pretty much.
1: Ah. Ah, uh, but anyway, we'll, um, switch gears a little bit. So we've mentioned the, for about about 500 times, you know, nine in a row has been confirmed with the champions again, all that sort of stuff. What was your reaction when you saw the news? Do you know what, right? I'm going to be really
0: honest. I I felt a bit anticlimactic. See, until you played that intro, <laughs> I genuinely was a little bit like, yeah, okay, you know, great. But that's us confirmed winning it. And then you played that. I thought, yeah nah it's actually proper class isn't it (laughs) it's actually really good I (laughs) I, I, I don't know I think think it's only because I never never watched it do you know what I mean I never watched there's such a ritual of watching that last game and you know whistle blows and
1: that's you won it and I missed out on that but and the trophy trophy getting lifted up yeah yeah. all those guards of honour until the until the last home game that you normally get all that sort of stuff that goes with it but the thing with me look my wife thought it was funny because I've walked out and I've just handed her my phone and gone, Have a look at this and she's read it and then she's looked at me and I'm just like I was just grinning like a Cheshire Cat and Yeah. Like, and the reason for it, it's I would have rather just win it on the pitch. I would have rathered all that good stuff go with it. That's what I ideally that's what I wanted. But being when I was born and growing up and when I started watching the games more religiously it's the 90s, the late 80s through the through the 90s when Rangers were financially doped and they won their nine in a row. Yeah. Me seeing that as a young kid and then coming out the other side of it, like 20, 30 years later or whatever, to then see the only top clock team in our history that did it was the Lisbon Lions, to then yeah, suddenly see that swing and be like hang on, we've actually just won nine in a row. We're the only club that's done it twice now. I know, that's And that's mental. I started following it, and we were the ones getting pumped and coming second and third and not even. Some of us were coming fifth or whatever. And to actually see it be confirmed, I was just like, wow, okay. I know, and, my, I... and that was what my whole mindset was like. My, holy shit, all that, the last 25, 30 years supporting that club wow we've, i know we've, we've done that it's now massive seen, isn't it? now i've seen us do it and it was just dumbfounded me for a bit and then yeah i just couldn't sleep for a couple of hours after that because like, <laughs> the news come through about nine o'clock our time and i'm just like oh dude yeah
0: i know i do you know what i think i think what
1: um i'm probably gonna do
0: oh, let me get with um talking about next next uh, podcast anyway, but I'm probably going to go back and watch every Celtic game this season and that probably help it sink in a lot. It's just, it's one of those, it's such a massive historic moment and it was just it like, it kind of petered off at the end
1: and, it, and that kind of, I don't know, took the, the punch out of it. But you're right. I mean, if they cancelled, like when they stopped the season, if they then said, yep, that's it, done congratulations, Celtic, you've won, like, the next week, you'd be like, yeah, 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 exactly. This sort of shit. But the fact that it's been seven, eight weeks, whatever, was end of March. I know. When we're supposed to go to Ibrox, and it's, like, coming up to the end of May. So it's that late, it's like, okay. And it's probably half,
0: like, we've actually known that we we were going to, like, the league was going to end and we were going to be crowned champions again. Right? We've known that for a while. It's just been like waiting for it to be confirmed. In fact I think everybody's known it. Everyone everyone who follows Scotch football know knew that we were gonna get um you know,
1: we were gonna be champions and stuff. But the other so, thing as well with that was I was like going, Oh wow, I've actually seen us do nine but my missus goes, Why are you so happy? And I'm just like not just we've done history, but I know how dodgy and corrupt and with the media and the people who are in you know the SFA and the SPFL over the years who are all blue they all come with blue nose and this sort of stuff and the history that goes with it I'm just like if there was a chance that they could do it and not get sued and not have legal shit happen we wouldn't have got this they wouldn't have confirmed it so I was just sitting there going there's that 0.1% chance here that something could happen and they could hold it off and I'm just like don't celebrate it don't think it expect the worst that cynical view here just because of what we went through in the 90s when I was first a fan absolutely into the games that I'm just like no nah, I can't bring myself to believe this is going to happen and then when it finally happened I'm just like dumbfounded yeah happy at the same time I I'm honestly I swear to god Right.
0: See um next season, if it all kicks off and everything blows over, right? I'm 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 flying over there. I'm flying to Glasgow for, you know, what the last week or the last game, whatever it is. I don't care. I couldn't care less. Money, job, I'd give it I'd give it all away just to be in Glasgow for that ten
1: yeah um, I would I would agree with you but you know I'll I'll get there if I can it's always been my plan is to go over at some point next season but yeah
0: mate I I don't have responsibilities (laughs) I don't don't have any (laughs) tie downs I'm off mate
1: nah I understand that for me it's I still want to go but with the lockdown and then I've got family and stuff who are immunocompromised and stuff I don't even want to run the risk of being travelling at the moment and then seeing someone and passing something on to them so there's not the a chance i going if it's
0: if it's still you know the
1: way the world is at the moment if there's not a if there's not a cure or needle vaccine, or something that yeah. would vaccine that one then i won't go that's pretty yeah. much
0: what i'm i'm getting at 100 yeah, 100 yeah yeah no you, you, you couldn't you couldn't i'm supposed to be going back in december anyway um but i've been saying to my family i'm i'm not flying if there's you know if it's not completely gone and stuff, I don't even know if they're gonna have flights, international flights, on for at the end of this year. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that, I don't know that's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. I suppose we'll see when that when that time comes. But absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying the nine is in the bag. Nine's in. And and, and the uh, the the chase for the ten officially has begun
0: certainly has I know and I don't know if you read um, Lennon's comments yesterday but he he, he he I know what he's saying but hes he's um, been quoted as saying that he doesn't know if he needs to do much rebuilding for next season at all if any and I don't know if that's entirely true like we I think every Celtic fan can see areas where we could improve but I know what he's saying he's saying like you know Celtic's dominating life so we don't need to like spend massive and stuff yeah, I get it, but...
1: If we I... keep the same squad, like if we can get the Southampton boys, both of them back on loan or sign Forster and then loan Elanusi again, fine, he doesn't have to go sign players at those positions. That's great. If we can keep Iyer and he doesn't leave,
0: yeah, and Yeah, and the if, Cham If keep the Cham and he doesn't yeah. leave,
1: great. If Eddie stays, great. Exactly. There's, there's all these things that we're going to be linked with, but the positive is we've got a lot of these guys under long-term contracts. Like we've got yep. it for at least one at least two years plus on all of them, so we don't have to sell them unless we get a ridiculous offer. And in this market, who knows what it's going to be like. Is everyone going to be, if it's a two-week window instead of a two-month window, is everyone going to be throwing stupid money out there? If they are, you're going to get some good offers, and then you'll probably have to address it and let people go. But at the same time, if everyone's going to be coming in low offers, well, okay, why do we need to sell them? And that might happen because the, the market might take a big dip because
0: teams might not have the same finances. Um, maybe also, um, you know, other teams that are trying to buy those players uh, might not want to put as much in because, you know, they, they know they can get players out a bargain and stuff like that. So it, it might actually happen that we keep a lot of these players because they're being undervalued. So there's a good chance that we might hold on to a lot of these players.
1: But realistically, looking at it, we need to figure out the left back situation. We need to get Absolutely. another centre back, try and sign Forster full time, and then off the back of that, probably another another winger. Left wing, yeah, left wing, someone who can play both because yeah, well, that sort of thing. The rumours a Paddy again, but I don't want to go there because it's an ongoing willy Wony for the last however many years. But yeah. we need another get an, need another winger. I think we're all right for strikers. Um, either we sell Bayo or we send him out on loan for a year.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think Griff will see us through to the ten. Here's a here's a question, right? Right. So outside of the Lisbon Lions, if if Scott Brown takes Celtic to ten, do you think he is the biggest Celtic legend? Uh, obviously outside of the Lisbon Lions, do you think he'll become the biggest Celtic legend? Bit bigger than Sutton and Hartson and
1: Larson. So it's just... currently, the Lisbon Lions is like the top tier. The yeah. next tier would be guys like um, Danny McGrain and Paul McStay. Yeah, exactly. Those, yeah. sort of, those sort of guys, and I think he'll be at that level. Do you think he'll be? Yes, yeah, so you think he'll be up? So you'll have Club Legends, and, which is the Lisbon Lions, and then you'll have Club Icons, and he'll be in that level. I don't think so you... he'll be at that top level because he's been time here. Yeah, I, I get that, but I mean like... He's spent long enough here, he's captained yeah, 10 in a row, so... That's it, he's he's captained... To me personally, he'd be there, but just looking at it subjectively, I think he'd fit in around the the Danny McGrain and um, Paul McStay's sort of level of club icon. Would you
0: say that 10
1: in a row is Celtic's, if we get it,
0: when we get it, do you think 10 in a row is Celtic's biggest achievement... After winning the European Cup, yep, you would, yeah. So surely the captain who's seen that club, like that team, all the way through, that is going to be a legend.
1: It'll be yeah. Caesar and Bruni. like yeah, probably our two best captains.
0: Yeah, absolutely. God, what? I honestly don't know what's gonna. Happen. I've been speaking about this a lot with um, our Celtic fans. We we cannot replace him. That's I don't think that's feasible I don't think it's logistically possible the best we can do is try and replace
1: aspects of him in multiple players but a man's irreplaceable we don't need to replace him that's the thing like people saying oh when Scott Brown moves on people you're going to struggle to replace him we don't need to okay the game has evolved realistically we're going to have to have play a different style to suit him, because when you yeah. signed him, he was he was more of a ten. He played more in that role, yeah, an eight or eight to a ten sort of role. And now he's playing more. He's playing deeper. So realistically, are you going to go with a, a the Zavi mold ball playing number six person, or are you going to go, which is what a lot of the defensive midfielders are these days? You're not going to find a lot of hard, tough tackling ones anymore.
0: No, no, you're not. Yeah, that ga- that game's sort of dying away, isn't it? that style of football
1: the old Roy Roy Keane Paul Ince uh, Patrick Vieira Scott Brown that sort of role the hard bastard in front of the defence has kind of gone the way of the buffalo that role
0: yeah yeah the midfield general it's not it's a it's a dying breed but yeah no it's a, a hard um, personality as well to to replace yeah God. but he'll still hang around you know he'll He'll be there some, some yeah, in the set, yeah. In the background. I mean, he he said that himself, hasn't he? He said that he's um he's looking at going into coaching, and so he'll probably you know start
1: to blow, you know youth juniors and stuff, and and move his way up. But, but so are speaking. Of, but speaking about Bruni the one thing that's impressed me the most is he normally doesn't say much. Like he'll do his usual press conferences, and he's pretty short sharp to the point in those things during the season, and he's just got the laser focus on game day and all that sort of stuff, and. I'm seeing a whole nother... Like, I love the guy. He's the only only player, not just Celtic player, only player on a football shirt I've ever got a name and number on in my lifetime. Yeah. Is is him. I love the guy. And to see him getting onto these constantly, pretty much every week, he's doing one of these um, Hoops From Home YouTube videos, or his captain's call with Grant Hanley, and he's on his Instagram. He's actually reactivated his Twitter, and he's on there all the time. And it's like, he's really putting himself out there during this as a captain to give us something to latch onto and go, Oh, it's me skipper. What's happening here? So I'm really appreciating it. And I'm loving his isolation hairdo. Like how bad is it? It's the best. I know. Holy Christ. Do you know what? I'm so
0: used to him being a baldy that every time he grows his hair, I'm like, who's that? I, I don't recognize the first. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, I expect Brown to have, you know, big aviators and like a shiny bald head. Like proper, like polished slaphead. Not this sort of like weird half-grown monk hairdo thing. It's really odd. I don't <laughs>
1: that's like just, it. It's just awkward. I
0: like yeah. it. Yeah, it's like it's like um <laughs> when whenever it's same when you know Lennon used to shave his head. I used to that's how I used to see him and stuff. And then I remember the first time I saw him when he'd grown his hair out and he
1: was ginger. I'm like, oh, I didn't really realise he was a ginger. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> it's, what that's I really found, odd. What I found funny with Bruni is he was injured a few years back and when Rogers was the manager, and he just grew his hair while he was home with the kids. Yeah, and then I remember. And he so his first week of training, there was pictures that when he was back, there was pictures of him with like probably the equivalent of like a number four, and number five hairdo yeah. rocking around. And then came game day on Saturday, bang, ball. He was yeah. just like, that's it, time game day, hair's off, I'm here, let's play.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> he's it's playing a role, isn't he? He's literally playing a character. He's deliberately trying to do that, and it makes sense. I actually remember um, him... Somebody interviewed him and asked him, Did you
1: deliberately shave your head? And he was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. This is my football. This is what I, this is my hair do when I'm playing football. Yeah, it's like my kids do it. They wanted to see dad with hair, so I grew it. And then when it was time for the game, I told my wife to just let the kids cut the hair and then she can finish it off. So <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like Riddick, it. you know, that you know, Vin Diesel when he plays Riddick, yeah. he takes that big blade and he's just scraping his head all the hair back. That's how I imagine he is in the window before like a you know a Rangers game. He's just got like a
1: big beast of a knife just shaving his hair right back I think it was like the last of the Mohicans you know getting ready to like you know don't push too hard or you'll scalp your head but just <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's exactly um, what he's oh, doing oh crazy you gotta love Bernie. I do you gotta love him yeah so what we'll do is we'll wrap up the podcast it's just you know I thought good week to catch up have a bit of a chat and then um, you know so have a bit of a celebration about us winning the, winning the league and um, yeah so next week on our on our next podcast, whether that's next week or the week after, who knows just yet, but we we'll, um going to do a full season review as we touched on earlier.
0: It's going to be a good one.
1: All right. So um, everyone, if you want to keep in touch or everything on Facebook page and group, look up Celtic Down Under on Twitter and Instagram at Celtic Down. And if anyone's got any ideas or wants to get involved with the podcast at all or on the Facebook page or anything, can email us at downunderceltic at gmail.com. Thanks, John, for uh, having a chat. I really, pre- really appreciate that and had a good good time celebrating a very important moment in the club. So yeah, not worry. Onwards yeah. and upwards, bring on the 10, and uh, yeah, how hell, hell, mate. How hell.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are
1: far more active
0: than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.